Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey, it's Melissa Rivers and welcome to Group Text. Stay tuned for a new episode. Welcome to group text. So I try and be consistent with my eating and my working out. Sabrina, you're super disciplined. Uh, I got a little COVID (laughs) action going on around the middle right now. So I don't know how disciplined I am, but I'm trying. But you're really good. You're really conscientious about how you eat. I am. I am. Yes. It gets it it gets harder the older you get, I think. Oh yeah, well that's a whole separate discussion. But we have a couple here today that covers both those bases and a few more. Please welcome Jess King and Sophia Rista. <laughs> Look at her. Oh, I she got, got that. that in. I yes, got she did. Uh, there you go. Now, if people don't know, you guys have a show called Ooh Mommy, which we're gonna get to. But Jess, you are one of the superstars of Peloton, and Peloton blew up during COVID. And Sophia is your wife, who is also an acclaimed singer and songwriter. So I don't know right now if I should be singing, cooking, or pedaling. I'm not (laughs) sure. I'm not sure. Because I feel really badly just sitting in my chair. So I don't even know where to start. Um, I'm just going to jump in right with you, Jess. Um, How did you end up becoming one of the faces of Peloton? I mean, I know for me, like, we, you start to get addicted to your teachers and everybody seeks you out. How did, how did that happen? Well, that's a great question. I'm not really sure. I, I know that I started with the company from the Genesis about seven years ago and Um, I transitioned from being a dancer, performer into the fitness space and felt, you know, all the things anyone feels when they're starting something new, you know, like the fraud police were there. It was like, is this, you know, who are you in this category? And the Peloton, like core values are all about authenticity. So it was this deep dive into really learning about, well, who am I as a person and how can I bring that to the platform to share with our members? So I'm not really responsible or in control of the response or how people perceive me. Instead, I spend a lot of time just loving and learning who I am and bringing that to the platform. And and, and through the course of the seven years, that's evolved a lot and grown a lot. And I'm really grateful for that. And it's been a lot of fun. But you had never been on a spin bike. Correct. So the story goes that the Peloton CEO saw you. I don't know where. You're going to tell me where. And said, I'm going to make you a star. Like a real Hollywood story. It, it truly was something like that. Sophia and I were in a show together, which is how we met here in which New York show? City. 
it's it's a it's a like a cabaret burlesque nightclub called the box mm-hmm. so it's this underground I always wanted to work there um just to say to like our children or my children before I knew that we were going to be together like I worked at this club it's the most famous nightclub in New York and um it was from there that really my whole life transpired. Uh, there was, it was a rainy night and I had a car in the city and I was in this really um, kind of dark relationship I was trying to get out of. And um, I just remember feeling like at my lowest point and somebody said, Hey, I need a ride. I'm like, I'll take you. So he gets in the car and he's like, do you know who I am? I'm like, not really. I've seen you around my rehearsals. He's like, well, I'm your producer. And I'm like, wow, well, it's really nice to meet you. Through the course of our our adventure to the Upper East Side, he said, hey, there's this thing called Pedalton, Pedalton. I mean, this was before we had a studio. This was before anything. And he goes, it's it's spin, cycling. Like, well, I've never done that before, but I had promised myself a year of yes. And even though I had resistance, I thought, what are you resisting? You're so broke right now. You want to change. You need out of the life that you're in. Just take the meeting. So I went and that's where I met John Foley. And I took the meeting and he explained the model to me, which was really challenging to conceptualize at first, right? These bikes are going to be in everyone's home across the world. You're going to be teaching classes to a live studio and then thousands upon hundreds of thousands of people at a time virtually. And he goes, yeah, I'm going to make you a star. I said, you know, I don't really get it, but I believe you and I'm on board. (laughs) Sophia, had you ever... I mean, just did you ever ride a spin bike? I had done Soul Cycle a few times. Ooh, the competitor. The competitor. Yep. Yeah. Debatable. But you, <laughs> I mean, and what I found fascinating when I was learning about you guys, you're both reality show, reality competition show veterans. Okay, Sophia, I got to know about the voice. We you did. were on it in 2016. Oh my God. Tell me about that whole experience. Yeah, Team Miley was uh, was a really epic, um, an epic season. Uh, I don't think I could have, I would have done the show if Miley Cyrus hadn't been on it. Um, really? But did, was she already announced as a judge before you even auditioned? Yeah, yeah, I, I knew. They, they invited me to do the audition. So um, I knew that I wanted to be on and like, I started singing late in life. So I wanted, I wanted these experiences to see what it was like to be on that level. You know, like I'm, I'm all about fast tracking and getting to where I need to be quickly. I take on new challenges all the time. Right now I'm training to be a magician for a, for a one woman show. So I like new projects and new and, and trying new things. We actually had a, we both did a show and started in a show in Vegas. So we, you know, we love, doing new incredible things and um we followed a very similar trajectory yeah in our lives it was interesting because you know we met and I thought we were on the same page and we we are in so many ways but in, she did start singing later and I've been dancing since I was three knowing that I was going to pursue this professionally and and really go for it so when I was 23 24 that's when I was on so you think you can dance maybe three years, two, three years after that, that's when I was in Vegas in La Rev and doing that whole show. Then I moved to New York. So we get together. Then she gets on the voice. I'm like, wow. And then 
a year after that, she's doing that residency in Vegas for a year. So it was so funny how we were running parallel tracks, but with, with a different timeline. So it was a lot of me like fully understanding what she was going through and that she needed to go through that process because being on a reality comp competition show is very much like a portal or a graduation or this like launching pad into not just because of the visibility that you get, but from the training that you get from being in that type of pedigree of production, this like go, go, go lifestyle and um, having to really confront everything that comes up for yourself internally when you are in front of the public eye millions of people and they're voting for you that's it's a totally uh we're not voting we're not voting, right? <laughs> or in my case getting fired right <laughs> it's a really intense as you know um landscape and one that's really important i think for the developing that thick skin and you know you bring all those tools with you into wherever you go next in your relationships too because that was essentially two years of us being in a long distance relationship. Mm -hmm. Well, wow. uh, you well, guys, you, 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 there's so you're both so incredibly talented. I mean, really, really talented. And um, Sophia, you wrote a beautiful, beautiful song, um, "Everything About You," which you know is just so amazing. Um, and we, I'm, we're assuming yes, it's about the beautiful Jess. <laughs> I want to know where did you guys shoot that? It's so beautiful. I mean, wow. My friend Sarah Elise has a, um, like a, um, what would you call it? Like a, a haven for queer women of color uh, in Nicaragua. And so we went down there with a bunch of our friends and our friend Jesse Levendov is an amazing filmmaker. And I had written this song and I took her out to the beach and I said, let's just shoot a little, some, some B-roll for it. And, um, we did that and then a couple years went by and I was planning to propose to her with it. And she is really, she's a Gemini. So it's very much like, if you say, oh, look, a squirrel, she completely forgets what we were just talking about. Which um, by the way, my mother was a Gemini, so I understand. Yeah. <laughs> and I, let's be honest, they're a little moody. You know what? They're whatever they feel like being yeah. that day, you know, but- That's it's a very sweet fun. way- of saying, of saying moody and you and I'll talk offline. <laughs> I'm a Scorpio, so it doesn't really. I'm Man, that is, worse. you guys are, you guys have some fire going on. Yes. That's Definitely. Right. So but hold yeah, on, I, totally I interrupted your story. That's okay. She totally forgot about the video we did. And so I'm, when I proposed to her, I had edited, we edited the video and I, you know, spruced up the song a little bit and. And proposed to her with it. It was great. Oh, now it's beautiful. Absolutely I beautiful. Roll back a minute because you guys are glossing over some stuff that I think is well, that I'm interested in. Having spent a lot of time in Vegas, people. So you both took turns living in Vegas, and people are always fascinated by the lifestyle of the performers. Now I grew up going to Vegas all the time because of my my mom. People don't understand that when you live there and you're working there, the last thing you do is go out or right. go to the casinos. Yeah. Um, what, what, what was your life like there besides exhausting because you're working full time and it's, it's seven, it's usually seven, almost seven shows a week. Well, 10, 10. I was in a show called La Rev at the Win, which actually mm -hmm. recently 
closed, um, which is kind of sad because it was such an incredible show. It was one, it was a water show. So there was a pool 30, 30 feet deep. And then it had all these like changing interchangeable stages that would go up and down. And I was the lead in the show. So I was doing aerial. I was, um, scuba diving because a lot of our exits and costume changes were underwater. Um, it was, it was really intense. It was amazing. Of course I was dancing as well. Um, but yeah, there is, you, you know, the shows are in the casino. So the last thing you want to do when you're not working is be in the casino. And the other thing that I found so fun and interesting is that there's a lot of families that start to just from being in the shows, you know, you develop, relationships with other shows on the strip and like it becomes very family oriented so we spent a lot of our time barbecues and being at the pools and like not the casino pools but you know everybody's backyard pools and also because you're in the circus all of these like cabaret off the strip shows pop up with there's clowns and comedians and you know burlesque acts the real las vegas yeah the real las vegas and uh, we were just chatting about that like where is that in new york what's going on where is that scene where people just say hey we got to get together and create outside of the show that we're in don't you think that'll come back a little bit when broadway comes back well hopefully but where are they now what are they doing now we gotta we gotta get on the streets and find out what's going on yeah so Sophie, wait, I, there's so much here. Did you swim in, cause you were in the same show at, 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 the, at a later date? No, different I show. Did, um, I was with a production, um, a, a production company called Spiegel World. Um, uh-huh. They have a tent in front of Caesar's palace called Absinthe. And they had a sister show called Opium in the Cosmopolitan Hotel. And I was hired to be the, the singing space diva in that show. <laughs> and we were doing 10 shows a week. Yeah. Um, it was the heaviest. I mean, it was the most intense thing I've ever done. Um, and I, in order to preserve my voice and, and my physical stamina, I was in bed by 1230 every night. And, you know, no weekends, two weeks off the whole year. Um, so there was no party. I mean, you know, if you want to be a successful in showbiz, you have to live a very disciplined mm-hmm. life. And that's what I learned from, from that experience. It's, it's the life of a rock star, a successful one, nine times out of 10. Of course you have your Keith Richards, you know, you have your few outliers out there, but for the most part, it's like, you have to be, you have to be disciplined if you want to get to the top, you know? I think a lot right. of people, and especially like when you're doing a reality show or especially a reality competition show, people don't understand it's not glamorous. No, no. It's a lot you, of hard work. It's a grind. It's yeah. a grind, grind. And I'm a true testament to that because um, when I was on the reality show, So You Think You Can Dance, I broke three ribs. Oh my so God. I never even got voted off the show. I went into it totally, you know, just... A, a young girl from the South with no professional dance experience like that before rehearsing till 2 a.m., waking up at 5 a.m., you know, being in that cold studio all day long, not seeing the light of day for three, four, five weeks. And then, mm-hmm. you know, just, and on top of that, having the emotional stress. I was going to say, it's very stressful. Oh, oh, I had no, no tools for how to deal with 
the comments, right? They say, don't read the comments. And this is before social media was a thing. So we, they took, they confiscated our phones. So it's not like we were on Facebook. Instagram wasn't there yet. Um, and one day after a show, I was like, well, let me just go into YouTube and see what people are saying about me. And I was just overwhelmed. I did not have, I didn't have the tools to be able to process and you know, maintain, stay, stay grounded through the whole thing. And, you know, after six weeks, it just really catches up to you. And my body started breaking down. Well, clearly you guys have both recovered. Yeah. I, I always like oh, to yeah. say we're, we're, we're reality competition show survivors. Yes. <laughs> oh, which yeah. is a whole different, people don't get that. I'm like, like I know on Celebrity Apprentice, we worked six days a week from crack of dawn till pass out. And we would have Sundays off. But, and I used to be really jealous because the men didn't have to do anything on Sundays. And all the women, you're like doing your color, doing your nails, doing this, doing that, and trying to catch up. So I was always, and also very jealous because the men got to come in later because they didn't have to sit in hair and makeup for right. so long. Can I ask you a question? Uh-huh. So there's like this thing where, you know, you go on a reality show and people always think that it's, you know, oh, how it's changed your life. You know, it's like, for me, the voice, maybe it got me a few jobs or it made people, you know, it makes people look at you a little bit like, oh, you did a, a, a cool thing. You have some clout, you know, you're, you're legit, but it didn't really change my life. You know, it's the daily, what I do daily is what changes my life. I make things happen. You know, did you find that, that apprentice like changed your life or it was um, just another thing on your resume? Well, I, I don't think it changed my life because it was celebrity apprentice. So you had people that were more established already. Mm -hmm. Um, did it I, well, <laughs> I got notorious for some stuff that came out of my mouth. So, but people got to see how competitive you yeah. are and yeah. how well you work together as, you know, with your mom and others as a team leader. To yeah. me, it, it really exposed a different side of Melissa um, that people don't necessarily know of. And so, yeah, I think that it did add some value. Um, it raised, it did raise my profile, but it, you know, Wow, I never get asked questions like that. That's, that's very, a great, it's a great question. That's a though. very that's a very sneaky thing to put into no, this interview. Don't try and question. turn the tables on me, Sophia. That was a great <laughs> question. Good well, job. I think, about, I think about how we cultivate our image and our brand. And now with social media, you're you're encouraged to show per, such personal aspects of yourself. So people do see people want to see all sides of you and that increases your numbers. It increases your value. And it's such a, such a new thing to wrap your head around and embrace, you know? Yeah. But I think what we're all saying or what's at the bottom of all of this is that, yeah, you, you have this platform, whether it's Peloton or the voice or celebrity apprentice, but when the lights go down, even when the lights are up, it's still all on you. Oh yeah. It's still all on you. So, you know, using Instagram, using, using these platforms that we have now, you know, I, I think about Peloton and like, of course I have producers, of course I have support, but I'm the one that's deciding what music to play, mm -hmm. what I'm going to say, how I'm going to show up, how I engage with my audience after. I You're drive. the one literally sweating. Oh Yeah. You're literally sweating, but you're speaking about social media and I want to talk about your cooking show. Yes. Which is so 
cute. Okay, whose idea was it? Yeah. Um, well, it was, I cook all the time. I okay. was, and then because of COVID, I was cooking all the time. I started a little side business where I was meal prepping for some clients because obviously my entire industry was blown to bits. <laughs> and she's the type of person who sees something happening and tries to like monopolize on it. She's like, <laughs> how can we make this a thing? Well, I, okay. That's not, that's it's not what success I success mindset. It's it, good. It is, but it's also driven by my audience, right? I get a lot of questions. What do you eat? What do you that's eat? True. What do you eat? What do you eat? And it's like, well, this is what I eat. So I would take pictures of my food and just like post it. And then that started to gain a lot of traction, a lot more curiosity. Can you share this recipe? And rather than you know, just start putting recipes out like, okay, well, how can I turn this into a a packaged thing? How can we enjoy the process and create something that does add value and, um, you know, creates its own little vertical in, in our Instagram life or in our lives in general. So that there, I love a high production value. I'm, I'm really into that as being someone who has come from that kind of performance pedigree, been on, it spoils you. It totally does. I'm like, no, no, no. We can't just be like, you know, throwing up pictures and like putting on Instagram stories. Like, let's turn this into a show. Plus, there's so much curiosity about our relationship and our dynamic. And it was just a way of opening a window into our actual kitchen and sharing the foods that we actually eat together with people in a way that was creative and finally collaborative. The two of us coming together to, to create something again was not something we had done since we met. So um, that was a, another exciting thing as well. well you, you guys know, look I, like you're having fun mm-hmm. and you have a great sense of humor. We're certainly <laughs> enjoying it. Yeah. So I got to say though, deciding to work together during quarantine sounds like a recipe. Not sure if the pun is intended or not <laughs> uh, for disaster. You know what's a recipe for disaster is being in the same apartment for an entire year doing the same things over and over again. It was such an opportunity for a new type of intimacy. Actually, it 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 was kind of exciting and and actually rejuvenated our our relationship. Really? Yeah, Yeah. It was a new adventure. You could tell you guys are so like over the moon about it. And so the energy, I think it just transferred. It totally translates to me. Okay. Who's the better cook? I'm the cook. <laughs> the cook. I'm it. Okay. okay. <laughs> oh, so, I see the hand going for, no, no, no. Let me clarify. <laughs> I see that happening in front of me. Full transparency. I can cook. You can cook. I'm actually, I can cook I can't. well. I just don't. <laughs> I, I it's by don't. choice. Thank you. <laughs> it is. Sophia cooking for me became such a language and labor of love. You know, I'm somebody who runs myself down to to the, to the bone every single day I come home. And unless I have mapped, like literally in my schedule mapped in how I'm going to eat, when I'm going to eat, who's good, how I'm going to source the food, which I don't do. Then I come home and I'm like, Oh yeah, food. So this happened at the beginning of our relationship. And she really stepped in and started you know, making food for me is recovery and as a way of saying, I love you. I'm supporting you. And have it- you taken the five love languages quiz? No, because I would, I, I don't do quizzes like that because <laughs> I fail. Because I 
fail. I so, we always joke. I failed trying to learn how to meditate. Oh, okay. I failed meditation. So we try not to put me. The last quiz I took was called "Which Chipmunk Are You?" and it was about if you're Alvin, Simon, or Theodore. And which okay. one? Are you? I don't remember. She's probably, <laughs> she's probably all three rolled into one. No, I think I was. A, I think I was a Simon. You know what I mean? So I, I avoid. I avoid the 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 only ones I'll take are the quizzes on like BuzzFeed. Right. Because I like. <laughs> how good are you with your '80s pop culture? You know. <laughs> well, we took that quiz in the beginning of our relationship, and hers were uh, acts of service, her love language, and my love language is words of affirmation. So it works perfectly because I serve her. She says it's amazing. And we do that over and over and over again. <laughs> you guys are so evolved. You really are. But, okay, but wait. So I want to go back to cooking. So Jess, if I've got this right, and correct me if I'm wrong, mm-hmm. you are dairy-free. Yep. Gluten-free. Yes. You, I saw a, a video where you actually massaged kale and you eat a ridiculous amount of celery. I, I, I drink it. I you drink it. it. So, Sophia, how could that possibly be fun to cook for someone who, I mean, who is gluten-free, dairy-free? Egg-free. Egg, egg-free. Oh, my God. So you're a vegan, basically. Well, no, I eat a ton of meat. Okay, so, okay, that has got to be very, <laughs> how do you even begin to say, Ooh, I can make this, or this is going to be delicious. I don't bake, so there's that. There's okay, that no. that does get you off because I <laughs> yes. for me the keywords are sugar mm-hmm. and fried. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that's everybody's staples in, the, in their vocabulary. Sabrina and I are sometimes when we order in lunch in the office, we're always like, everyone's always like, "Ooh, let's get this," and you look, we're like, "Look at us, we're eating vegetables today," and it's like fried cauliflower. <laughs> Sabrina is, by the way, Sabrina is the sworn enemy of, a, of the vegetable. I'm not. I'm getting better, much, much, much better. Sabrina, yeah. there's a book called um, "The Toxicity of Plants," mm-hmm. and Plants poison you. Like, oh, not please. all plants are good for you. Like, I'm not good with eggplants. And there, there are certain plants that aren't good for you. Okay. I, we We're are, not promoting that, okay? So, but her husband now is going to hunt you down because he's like Mr. Healthy. No. And Sabrina's always like, no vegetables. So no, you're going to get a call I, no, from, I, no, I, Curtis is, Curtis is going to call and be like, why did you tell her vegetables are bad? No, not, not at all. We, he's, you know, we're really balanced in that way. Um, I you think know, listen you, to your body, you know, it's like, what do you absolutely? I kind yeah. of just liked my, my imitation of Curtis. Yeah. <laughs> Vegetables are bad. <laughs> Sounds like a sexy man. Oh, you should see her, her Curtis. Yes. Well, How many years you, together now? Um, we have been married now 28 and together 35 Wow. 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 Yeah. We think so. We've been together for six and a half years and we were like, wow, time has gone by. So the time flies. It does. So, I mean, you, you guys are doing it right where you're really enjoying the moment and really just enjoying and having fun with each other. That's it. Yeah. I want to go back to how you cook for this food health nut next to you. Well, okay, wait, I want to clarify that it's... <laughs> 
it's not like, it's not because I'm so health nut driven. It's that I have intolerances to these things. So if I eat dairy, my whole world is turned upside down for like two weeks. I suffer. Maybe it's because I'm vain or I'm on camera all the time, but my skin breaks out horrifically when I eat dairy. So it's, it is literally the only thing that I have actual nightmares about that I've consumed dairy somehow. And I wake up in a panic and freaking out um, because of what it does to me. Eggs cause inflammation, terrible stomach issues, and um, gluten does the same thing. And, you know, I want to be able to control, like you ever go out to a restaurant and you're wearing this like sexy dress and then you're bloated all of a sudden, I cannot handle that. I'm like, no, I want to be able to control what goes on with my body and bloating and, and, and skin issues and inflammation. And all of this is a consequence of eating something that your body is saying, I don't like this. So it, it was a, a learning to uncover what it is that my body was intolerant to it took years and rejecting. I went, I was really uncomfortable for some time until I learned. And then, then it was a very simple thing because it's kind of like, okay, choose your path. Do you want to, you know, put it in your mouth and enjoy that bite and then suffer? Or are you willing to just eat the things that you know your body loves, find ways to have food that is delicious and nutritious at the same time and enjoyable? Like I, I'm not someone, I eat a lot of fat. I, I really, really enjoy my food. I'm not depriving myself of anything. Um, I don't know, maybe it's just been, you know, over the years where I don't go to like a bakery and like salivate at the thing, like looking at the donuts. Like, I'm just like, cool. That's not, that's, that's not, not your me. thing. It's yeah. not your thing. But it I'm, just like a, years. I'm like a moth hurling myself <laughs> against the window. <laughs> okay. Like going to the light. <laughs> um, french fries and potato chips yeah she eats a lot of potatoes I'm a lot of french fries yeah i'm a big potato oh chip. that's your vice wait okay thick fries or skinny fries any fry i'm not i don't discriminate just as long See, as it's not soggy that's ooh, it ooh, no, the extra crispy, crispy. yes yeah. love what, that what in god's name do you guys do to relax it's a really good question really good question um do we relax? I'm trying to think. We have we have a really beautiful friend friend circle. It's especially during COVID, we're like pot up everybody, like, you know, we're, nobody's gonna go through this alone. And I feel really fulfilled when I just get to be with my friends. And for us, now that the world has started to open back up, we're we're hitting the dance floor again. So for me, I know it's not rest, but I do feel um, so fulfilled and inspired and nourished by going to a dance floor, being with my friends, whether it's maybe on someone's in backyard or whatever. Um, and also getting out in nature. That's a really big one for us. We recently um, purchased a house in, on Long Island. Congratulations. Oh, congratulations. So we're really excited to start renovating it and turning it into the dream that we envision. But it has a, a lot of property and it's beautiful. And so just being out there with the nature, quiet, we go on hikes, go to the beach. And we just sit down on the couch some days and don't get up. That's the truth. I, I want to leap back to Peloton because I just had, I, I'm, I'm feeling like it's staring at me from the corner. Um, <laughs> did, exactly. Did you, can you believe how much Peloton blew up 
during COVID. You could not drive down a street in, in Los Angeles and not see two or three Peloton trucks. Were you prepared for that? I think so. Um, what, what I do when I go to work has not changed. Right. You know, of course we have always been a fast paced growing company. So, you know, whether we're creating new content or I was training for a new discipline a few years ago, you know, it's always something. Um, the, the difference was that members were not coming into the studio. So we, other than being on social media, we weren't really privy to the impact that we were having. So now that the world has opened up, it's a little overwhelming to be so recognized, mm -hmm. I think, out in the streets and out and about where before it would be like, you know, every now and again, someone would be like, oh, you're my favorite or I love Peloton. Um, and now it is like everyone all the time, everywhere. So I think that was the big noticeable shift. But, you know, we're still in the room and you know, coaching to camera, coaching to our, our lab leaderboard, but that experience has always been there and, and it really hasn't changed. Like I always imagine, first of all, I can see how many people are on my live leaderboard. And it was an interesting journey to in the first year or two that we were open, have 25, 50 people on the leaderboard. Then I remember I was like, oh my gosh, there's 200 people in a live class. Now we inch closer towards, you know, four to 8,000 in a standard class, you know, then it goes on demand and it's getting 50, a hundred thousand hits. So like the audience is growing and we can see that and we can feel that, but, but the relationship to me being on the bike and me and the member has always been very connected and, and very vulnerable and, and still the same. And you're so damn positive. It's really I want to know what's the um, best fitness advice and cooking advice the two of you would give someone. I would say it's a process and it takes, yeah. it can take years. Like my relationship to food has been an, uh, something it evolved over years. I started with you know, trying to figure out why I was uncomfortable after I had dinner for the last 30 years, you know, and it's like, oh, maybe there's something that I'm eating. It just dawned on me one day and I started and I became a vegan for a little while, then a vegetarian, and then I cut out sugar and then I cut out gluten and I would just try different things, but that took a really long time. And now I've kind of zeroed in on what makes me feel good. It's not something that happens overnight. It's not a diet or a fad that's going to change anything. It's, it's a process, a relationship that you have with, with your body. You know? Yeah. I was going to, uh, I was going to speak to the relationship because even fitness, you know, as somebody who considers themselves a high performance athlete, you know, my relationship to my body and fitness is always changing. So I would say, allow that breathing room, you know, have grace, have compassion. It's not about punishing yourself. It's about, you know, exploring and falling in love with the discipline of movement and, and, and just being open to whatever conversations show up when you're in a workout. Sometimes, you know, I'm working through some hard stuff. Sometimes I'm just like having a really good time and like, you know, enjoying the endorphins I get or working with my trainer or, but that, you know, it's not about punishing yourself. I think a lot of people come to fitness because they, you know, hate their bodies or their doctor told them they had to, or, or whatever it is that it's, or they're married to a fitness instructor. Which is <laughs> exactly. And on that note, ladies, thank you so much. So much fun. You, you both are incredible. Thank you.